Hello everyone, welcome to the Luckiest Peach Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, the Lucky Peach. Unfortunately, this is the third time I've had to fucking record this episode. Um, because my dad will say, real quick, let me bother you real quick. And then it's not something quick. Um, but I am trying to get to the point of no more interruptions. So, um, respect the fucking podcast. Honestly, I probably just could have kept recording and edited out later, but y'all know I'm lazy, and uh, I honestly wasn't that far into the recording, but still, um, I just restarted anyways. Um, That being said, I'm sorry for uh, no episode being uploaded last week. Um, Time has just slipped away from me, and I, but honestly, I do not have much time as of late. Um, I just, I, yeah, I quite literally do not have any free time. Um, this past Sunday was the first day off that I had, I think, in over three weeks. Probably about a month. Um, it's, I, yeah, my god. It's, I, I, yeah, I don't remember, before this past Sunday, which was Easter, um, I don't remember the last day off I had, like, the, the first, like, the last complete day off I had where I had absolutely nothing to do all day. Do not remember the last time that happened. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at in life. I did not have a single chance to sit down and record. Did not have a single chance to sit down and watch the movie. Um, but do not worry, because it was already promised, I will get to, um, Luis's cult of the month, uh, birthday pick. Uh, it will be uploaded at some point. It will happen because I have already said it will happen. Um, but that being said, I think, I think going forward with the podcast, um, I think the only, like, set in stone thing that I want to keep is, uh, streaming wars. Um, Again, I'm sorry, like, this is, like, what, the third change I've had in this, this so far this year? Um, but it, I, I just, I need to adapt things to better fit my lifestyle right now. Uh, and I think the best way to do that is to, um, to not have that set schedule that I liked at first, because now, um, it's not working for me. Uh, it was working for me for, you know, a whole year. Um, but now, unfortunately, it is not, and I need to adapt that to better fit it, my lifestyle. Uh, so I think for sure I'll keep streaming where it's the same, because I do enjoy doing that. I might change when it uploads, like, like, that's what I'm saying, like, I don't think I'm gonna continue having, like, an entire month planned in advance. <sighs> because I also just, I want to have streaming wars uploaded before the month starts, and that was kind of a thing that was bogging me down, is like, some months I was uploading streaming wars like on the fifth or sixth of a month like after you know most of those films that I was announcing had already obviously been added to these streaming services so it was just kind of redundant to me and yeah and I just kind of I kind of want to like upload streaming wars whenever the timing actually makes sense for each month um and after that, I think I will just take it from week to week, um, based on what I want to do, just on based on how I'm feeling. That also being said, adaptation. Um, at this point in time, I am kind of going to have to uh, 
close the Patreon. Uh, I apologize to the patrons that I do have. I just cannot keep up. I can't keep up. If you are on Patreon, you've noticed for the last few months, I have not even been able to upload a week early. Um, it just not has been. It just hasn't been possible for me. Um, so I will be doing away with the Patreon. Uh, for now, uh, the episodes are going to be audio only because it's just easier on me this way. Uh, and it's also going to save me money because then I won't have to pay for StreamYard anymore. But then also it'll be easier for me to mix my audio and edit it. Um, which is another, in a way, kind of a, you know, step, step backwards but then a step forward because now I kind of want to start editing my, my episodes. Um, editing in the way of just like, in case there is an interruption, I can edit out the interruption or, you know, any noises that I want to cut out. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm at a point where it's just like easier on me to do it that way. Um, you know, a year ago, I was not as, you know, educated on audio mixing and editing as I was, you know, as I am now. So, you know, just going to StreamYard and hitting record was easier for me then. Now the opposite is easier for me now. Um, and then, you know, and it's part of it, part of it's like, I'm just too busy and part of it's just, I've learned a lot and I realized that just recording and editing and, you know, engineering the audio of the podcast is easier on me than having to go onto StreamYard and do all that and then uploading to five different files for the episode. Um, at some point in the future, I might, uh, start uploading videos, video versions of the podcast again. I, I'm not entirely sure if I do, uh, that'll just be available to everyone on YouTube. Um, for the time being though, I think, uh, once or twice a week, I will make the videos from episodes 31 and up public just once or twice a week, not all at once like I did in November. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, oof. I'm not gonna just make 30 episodes public and then destroy everyone's subscription feed on YouTube like I did in November. I learned my lesson. Um, yeah, so once or twice a week I'll make an episode public, uh, from the video files. Um, what else, what else, what else? Like, schedules aside, I think, you know, like, the main thing that kind of, like, brought me to this point of like, I kind of want to take away the structure of, you know, the podcast that I've had is, you know, none of my reviews of recent releases were like, I guess just the way media moves, it, you know, it was kind of like at the point at the times that I was uploading these reviews, it was kind of just like, they weren't relevant anymore. You know, it's like, the, the, you know, just the speed at which the media moves, it, you know, it's like, uploading a review of the tragedy of Macbeth two months after it releases is kind of pointless, you know, it's not really, it's not really thought about anymore, nobody, you know, just, it's, it's speaking from, like, I guess a, a journalism standpoint, it, it's just, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm getting on to it too late in the game as a critic, um, so, um, yes, so, um, 
I, I want to release these reviews, you know, closer to the release dates of these films. Um, yeah, so that being said, um, and, and that means, you know, those reviews will be more spoiler free, uh, from here on out as well. Instead of me spending 10 minutes reading the plot, you know, it will be a spoiler free review of the film. Uh, the catalyst to this is that, uh, last week I, uh, was fortunate enough to, uh, get tickets to an advanced screening of The Northman. Um, thank you, thank, thankfully, thank, thank, thanks to, <laughs> thanks to the perks of being a film critic, you know, I was able to get advanced tickets to see The Northman. Um, so I'm like, I should just, I should step on that opportunity. I should step on that opportunity. I should just, what's the fucking word? I don't know. Um, carpe diem, you know, seize that opportunity to review it while it's not out yet, you know? Um, the Northman does release this Friday, April 22nd, um, nationwide. It is the newest film from Robert Eggers, who you guys fucking know. Y'all should know by now I fucking love this man. I love him so much. Um... But we'll get into my actual review of the film later in the episode. But yes, I was I was able to go see it early. Um, I actually got tickets for another advanced screening, so I'm going to go to it again. I was already going to pay for this movie, and then I got invited to two advanced screenings. So of course I'm seizing those both. I'm seizing the opportunity for the next one as well. And then uh, opening weekend, I will absolutely be seeing it again. Um, you know, I'm I'm seizing my opportunities as, you know, a film critic, as well as, you know, as a fan of Robert Eggers, I will be supporting him in the box office opening weekend. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so this, this will be a spoiler-free review, do not worry about it, I will not say a single thing, if I accidentally do, I will edit it out, I will cut it out, alright, you do not have to worry about that. So, let's get started. Is there something else I forgot to say? I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyways, um, The Northman, if you don't know, is a uh, 2022 American epic historical action drama film directed by Robert Eggers. Woo, it is based on the legend of Amleth. Um, who, who is a figure in medieval, medieval, medieval Scandinavian legend, um, and it is the direct inspiration of the character of Prince Hamlet from Shakespeare's Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, which is the full title is actually The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's. It does not take inspiration from Hamlet. It is the inspiration for Hamlet. Okay. Okay. Alright, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. I'm not going to get into the legend. Um, because, obviously, it's not very well known. Well, I guess, in a way, it is. Because, you know, fucking Shakespeare wrote a play based on it. But, um, I won't get into it. Because, it, I guess, in a way, that's kind of a spoiler in a way. 
um, it is very different from Hamlet, but I can see now, you know, now that I'm like thinking on it, I can see where Shakespeare drew his, um, um, inspiration from. So, uh, what else, what else, let's get into it. So, he cast, well, no, okay, let's, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. They finally put the full plot on Wikipedia, so it's throwing me off. Give me a sec. I'm trying not to say it. You know, I don't want to say the whole fucking plot. Okay. Here we go. Sorry. Okay. So, the plot, well, the synopsis. Uh, Prince Amleth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle who kidnaps the boy's mother. Two decades later, Amleth is now a Viking who raids Slavic villages. He soon meets a seeress who reminds him of his vow. Save his mother, kill his uncle, avenge his father. So y'all can y'all can see where the the Hamlet inspire or where the inspiration for Hamlet comes from. Um I guess I could get into uh where did I what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I just do? What did I just do? I just goofed. So, uh, getting into the legend of Amleth just a tiny, tiny bit. Um, uh, oh lord, it's getting into the fucking etymology of it. Uh, I don't want that. I guess, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Okay, so, uh, lord. It's just, uh, what am I looking at? I'm trying to look at what the fuck the, the, the first mention of it is. Okay, so it's been frequently assumed that Scandinavian legend ultimately goes back to an Old Norse poem about the 10th century. Nevertheless, no such poem has survived, and the two 12th century Latin versions of the story are our oldest source. There is an early modern 17th century Icelandic version of the tale, and Thormodus Torfaeus also asserts that a story of Amladi um, was part of popular folklore in his youth, uh, but it is unclear whether the early modern Icelandic tale is substantially influenced by Saxo's account or if it represents an independent tradition derived from the unattested Old Icelandic source. Um, the Old Icelandic form of the name Amleth, I cannot pronounce it in Old Icelandic, uh, is recorded once in the Prose Edda. Um, in the 12th century, um, Amlethus Amblothai um, may easily be Latinizations of the Old Norse name. The etymology of the name is unknown, but there are various suggestions. Um, the Icelandic name is recorded as a term for a fool or simpleton in reference to the character of the early modern Icelandic romance or folktale. Uh, yeah, there's just more on the etymology of the name. Um, but it's, so it's suggested that there is a poem from the 10th century, uh, but the earliest record that there is to Amleth's story is the 17th, or no, is the 12th century. Um, and the prose Edda, uh, is written in, it was written in, in Iceland, uh, in Old Norse in the 13th century. Um, yeah. 
and then it's called there's a thing that says like 16th century reception it's referencing to Hamlet of course written by William Shakespeare uh, which he wrote sometime between 1599 and 1602 uh, yes so yeah so 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 this is the original this is the original haha -ha. I'm not a big fan of Shakespeare, so if I say fuck you to Shakespeare, that's why he took inspiration. He is not an original, but I mean, art, it's rare that art is original, especially in the 21st century. So anyways, uh, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to call it a Hamlet story because it's not a Hamlet story. It is, ha if anything, Hamlet is an Amleth story. But obviously, y'all are gonna be, you know, the most familiar with Hamlet, so that kind of gives a sense of what the story is. Um, I don't remember Hamlet that well. Don't really care to know it that well. I kind of care more about this. Um, no lie, this is my like this kind of stuff is my actual heritage and my genealogy. So uh, I guess in a way, my uh, colonizer blood is more inclined to listen to read on this honestly when i was watching this movie i was like it's very accurate it is very it is a very accurate 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 sorry portrayal of um scandinavian uh you know ancient scandinavian uh life i guess uh and in a way uh, it, yeah and just watching it i was like it's honestly a miracle that uh, my race still exists it's honestly a miracle that white people did not go extinct. Um, honestly, just us, us being idiots. Besides the fact, you know, it's just very brutal killing people. It's just very brutal. Anyways, though. So. What was I going to say? I don't remember. Okay. Anyways, the runtime is 137 minutes. Um, again, it is releasing this weekend, April 22nd. Uh, the budget was 70 to 90 million dollars. I do not know if there is an exact number. Let's find out. Let's find out. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? IMDb. Oh my god, so many fucking details. Technical specs. Okay, the budget. Okay, well, IMDb has something different. It's saying the estimated budget was 60 million. But Wikipedia is saying 70 to 90 million, so I don't know. Um, it is currently released um, internationally um, as of March 28th, 2022. Uh, and worldwide, it is currently grossed uh, $3,434,000. Um, which I'm kind of sad about. More people need to be watching this fucking movie. Um, yeah, I don't, um, uh, technical specs, I don't know, what was it, I believe it was digital, I don't have any reason to believe it was fucking, yeah, the Panavision, uh, Panaflex, Millennium XL2, Panavision Primo, and Petsfall lenses, yeah, it's, oh, but the negative format is 35mm, but it is digital, it is digital film, it was shot on digital, it's not a digital film. Well, it is a digital. It's not. It's not shot on film. It is shot digitally. 
digital cinematography. But uh, then again, it was produced by Regency Enterprises and is distributed by Focus Features. So yeah, that tells you everything you need to know, need to know about why it's not shot on film. Um, but it's also just a fucking behemoth of visual effects. Not that you can't do that on film, it's just that it's, in, in the 21st century, it's a lot easier to do that, to do that digitally. Um, yeah, so anyways, directed by Roger, R Roger, Robert Eggers, written by, um, Sean, Sean, oh, it's, it's Sean, okay, it's an Icelandic name, so, uh, Sean, I feel like, I feel like I reviewed something on here, oh, Lamb, he also wrote Lamb. I was like, I, I feel like I've reviewed something else that he wrote. It was Lamb. He's also written Lamb. Uh, he co-wrote Lamb. But anyways, um, he co-wrote this with Eggers. Um, yes. Anyways, cinematography by uh, Jarin Blasky. Blasky. Uh, edited by Louise Ford. Music by Robin Carolyn and Sebastian Gainsborough. Production companies are Regency Enterprises, Perfect World Pictures, New Regency, and Square Peg, and it is distributed by Focus Features in the U.S. and internationally by Universal Pictures. And of course, the release date, the release date in, for international, for you know, for the international market was March 28th, and the U.S. release date is April 22nd. Um, and as I stated before, the runtime is 137 minutes, which is about two hours and 17 minutes. Um, so, um, Alexander Skarsgård, who was in the lead role of Amleth, uh, had been trying to make a Viking-themed movie since 2011 when he was attached to a Warner Brothers film with the working title The Vanguard. Eventually, he met Robert Eggers to discuss about another potential project, but the discussion quickly turned to the Viking Age. Uh, in October 2019, it was announced that Robert Eggers would direct an epic Viking revenge saga which he would also co-write with Sean. Um, um, the film was officially in preparation in December 2019 and would begin filming in Belfast in 2020. In August 2020... Oh, sorry, sorry. I don't want to talk about the cast just yet. Um, mm, okay, here we go. What? No way. Sorry, anyways. Uh, principal photography was set to begin in March 2020, but was halted due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Filming started in August 2020 at Torhead County Antrim and Ballygally near Larne in Northern Ireland. In September 2020, the team began filming in Malin on the scenic Inisholan Peninsula in County Donegal, the Republic of Ireland. Uh, filming wrapped early in December 2020. Archaeologist Neil Price of the Department of Archaeology and Ancient History at U Uppsala University, Sweden, served as a historical consultant on the film. Uh, the film cost between 70 to 90 million dollars to produce, which was higher than its original 65 million dollar budget. In a test screening, what a, uh, one audience member said the story was confusing while the studio felt the beginning was too slow paced. New Regency Productions accepted a new cut and opted out of additional test screenings on November 4th, 2021. 
Northman was originally scheduled to be released on April 8, 2022, but was later pushed back to April 22, 2022. It will be distributed by Focus Features in the United States and by Universal Pictures internationally. Uh, yeah. Um, Lord, what am I looking at? Oh, in the United States and Canada, The Northman is currently scheduled to be released alongside The Bad Guys and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, with a projected gross of 5 to $10 million in its opening weekend and a total domestic gross of 12 to $25 million. The film made $3.4 million from 15 international markets in its opening weekend. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film currently has an approval rating of 88% based on 110 reviews with an average rating of 7.8 out of 10. Uh, the website's critical consensus reads, quote, A bloody revenge epic and breathtaking visual marvel, The Northman, finds filmmaker Robert Eggers expanding his scope without sacrificing any of his signature style, end quote. Uh, Metacritic assigned the film a weighted average score of 82 out of 100 based on 34 critics, indicating universal acclaim. Um, the Guardian's Peter Bradshaw gave a 5 out of 5 score, praising the film's nihilistic tone and performances by the cast, stating that, quote, it's entirely outrageous with some epic visions of the flaring cosmos. I couldn't look away, and unquote. Digital Spies Gabriella Geisinger gave a 5 out of 5 score and praised Egger's visionary direction and the film's grisly and surreal atmosphere, claiming that, quote, the world created in the Northmen is so totally absorbing, unquote. Movie Zine's Alexander Cardillo gave the film a 4 out of 5 score and particularly praised Skarsgård's performance and Egger's direction. IndieWire's David Ehrlich called the film, quote, primal, sinewy, gar gnarly as fuck, and, unquote, quote, grab you by the throat, intense, unquote, and, quote, never dull, unquote. Game Radar's Matt Matum commented that the film is, quote, truly distinctive, unmissable, unmissable epic, unquote, in their review, ultimately giving it a 5 out of 5 stars. The, indepe the Independence Clarice Lowry gave a 5 out of 5 stars and slated in her review that the film was a beautiful risk. RogerEbert.com's Robert Daniels gave a 3 out of 4 score and praised the direction, cinematography, and cast performances, but found the that the film, quote, often stumbles when it searches from, for profundity, unquote. So, moving on, the cast uh, stars Alexander Skarsgård as Amleth, a Viking warrior prince, and Oscar Novak as young Amleth. Uh, Nicole Kidman as Queen Gudrun, Amleth's mother, Clyde Spang as Fjolnir, the brotherless Amleth's uncle and Arvandil's brother, Anya Taylor-Joy as Olga of the Birch Forest, a sorceress, Ethan Hawke as King Arvandil, War Raven, Amleth's father and Fjolnir's brother, Bjork as the seeress, Willem Dafoe as Hamir the Fool, Kate Dickey as Haldora the Pict, Gustav Lind as Thorir the Proud, Ingvar Egert Sigurdsson as Hewitch, Murray MacArthur as Hakan Ironbeard, Ian White as the Mound Dweller, Katie Pattinson as Shield Maiden, Ian Gerard White as Thor Valder, Giant Crusher, Thor Julius Bjornsson as Thorfnir, um, that Thor Julius Bjornsson is also known as the Mountain from Game of Thrones. Doa Barney as Melkorka. Olwen Fuer as Ashildir. 
of Githia and Rolf Innocent as Captain Vladimir. Uh, it, this is also just to, this is just like a like a like a like a like a amalgamation of uh, collaborations with actors that Robert Eggers has previously worked with. Um, obviously, he previously worked with Anya Taylor Joy, Kate Dickey, and Ralph Innocent on The Witch, and then with Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. Um, so yeah, this is what I skipped over earlier. Um, oh, um, around twenty nine, late twenty nineteen, uh, Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor Joy, Bill Skarsgård. And Willem Dafoe were in talks to join the film. They would all be confirmed that December, along with the addition of Clive Bang to the cast. The film was originally in preparation in December 2019, Belfast, yes. In August 2020, Bjork, along with her daughter Isadora Doa Barney, um, Kate Dickey, and Ethan Hawke joined the cast for the film. Uh, in September 2020, Bill Skarsgård announced he had dropped out of the film due to scheduling conflicts. He was later replaced with Gustav Lind. Um, I'm actually very okay with that replacement. Now that I think about it, Bill Skarsgård in that role kind of would have been weird. Um, yeah, oh lord, it's, I'm, I, 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 I just speechless by this film. I mean, just the fact that I'm gonna see it twice within one week, two advanced screenings within a week of each other, and then I plan on seeing it once again opening weekend, so that's three screenings within a week and a half. I fucking love this movie. Like, I I just... Robert Eggers is one of those directors that has been so utterly consistent with his films that it, like, it's impossible, impossible to pick a favorite. They're all so unique and so just, just insanely just profound and perfect that it's it's very very hard to choose a favorite um and to see an auteur like robert eggers get the budget that he's just so strongly deserves is is just such a it's 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 a success for cinephiles um there is a loss um in interviews recently robert eggers has stated that he does not think he'll ever make such a large project ever again because of um studio interference and it's unfortunate but I completely understand that as you know as a critic and as somebody who just you know kind of observes what goes on in the industry I can I can completely understand being turned off from such a having such a big budget just because of studio interference um but uh you know and that's not a diss on him I, I completely respect it and I mean even with lower budgets he did fantastically it's just it's an absolute shame that he can't get the budget he deserves and then be able to do what he wants you know it's the way that the industry is set up you either get to do what you want and you get a low budget independent picture or you get the budget you want but you can't make the film you want entirely you are going to have some interference um so it's fucking it's a double-edged sword really um i don't even know if that's the right phrase but regardless i i i love this film i 
cannot wait to watch it again. Um, I kind of messed up when I logged it on Letterboxd last week. Uh, I went home and then watched her. So, uh, you know, when people were opening, people who follow me on Letterboxd opened Letterboxd, they just saw that I watched her. They didn't see that I watched The Northman. To see that I watched The Northman, you would have had to go to my profile or look at the actual, like, separate feed page. But the main feed page, you're just going to see that I watched her. But it's this, this is, this film is exactly what happens when you give an auteur like Robert Eggers the budget he deserves to do what he wants, you know? And, and the, you know, the worst part is that he didn't get to completely do what he wanted. And it's an absolute shame that production interference made Eggers not want to tackle such a huge project like this ever again, because as it is, it is near flawless. It is completely near flawless. It, like, if he had not had the studio interference, I can only imagine how, how, like, this is already a five-star film for me. I can only imagine, I can only imagine what it would have looked like without the studio interference, you know, cutting down the film and, I guess, censoring some things. I don't know. Um, it, it, like, if this is, if this is the film that finally gets awards organizations to notice him, I'm all for it, although it's, it would be, you know, a very long overdue recognition from those organizations. Um, he, he's been just right out of the gate with The Witch. He was just nailing it straight on the head. He is quite easily one of the best directors of the, of the, of the, of the 21st century, in my opinion. Um, I, I guess in the last, he's one of the best directors in the last 10 years. Like, I'm not gonna lie. That is my unbiased, but also partially biased opinion is that he he is said to be a fucking like just one of the greatest act directors to have ever lived he is on track to be one of the directors that greatest directors in the history of cinema um i like mark my words you can hold that against me i firmly believe that this man has a vision it is just a profound beautiful vision for everything he does and it's absolutely insane you know when the lighthouse came out or when the trailer for The Lighthouse came out, everyone was like, what the fuck, why is this in Instagram ratio? And then you watch the film and you're like, this is perfect, this is incredible, this is one of the best films I've ever seen. I, it's, he just, he's, he can do so much with so little. Like, his sets and, you know, his editing is so simplistic, but it's so flawless in how simplest, simple it is. And even this film, like, it's it's very weighty. There's a lot to it, obviously. But it is still, in a sense, simplistic. You know, it holds that style that he, you know, has kind of garnered for himself. It's, it's just, it's so, so fucking incredible. I highly fucking recommend this film. It's so, it's so raw. It's so gritty. It's so gory. It's so fucking just stunning. It's so well done like now that you know like obviously it's it's the inspiration for hamlet you're gonna see those similarities uh know that this is the original story hamlet is based on this so so don't get it don't stick your heads up your asses about don't get your head stuck up your asses but um it's 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 just now you know that obviously you're going to see those similarities, but you can see the originality, you can see the vision, 
that is like this is an original film obviously this story is an adaptation of a legend of an Icelandic legend but it it's the execution is so thoroughly original and I mean that in the way of like it's a fresh take on an ancient historical film you know set in the Viking Age which is in B in BC so you know ancient times like it's such a fresh take on those film on that you know genre of film because we're at a point in time and then when I say a point in time I say the last 50 years where like every single film set during ancient period set during any period that is BC they all feel the same it's like once you've seen one you've seen everything else you know it's like every single one of them feels the same like I'll, I'll admit myself to this day I know the difference between Troy and Gladiator, but I still get them mixed up. I, there's a part of me that still thinks they're the exact same movie, and they aren't even the same in content. They are two completely different stories, but they feel exactly the same, to the point that to this day, even though I know the plots are entirely different, because Troy is obviously based on the Iliad, and Gladiator is arguably, I guess, an original story, like, it they feel exactly the same. I still get those films mixed up, and I know they're completely different, but I still get them mixed up. So, you know, in, in, you know, in an age where, like, the last 50 years, every single ancient historical film has felt exactly the same, this is incredibly, like, it's kind of, I guess in a way it's low bar, but it's what we've come to expect. We've come to expect every single one of these films in this genre to feel exactly the same and this one isn't like it's it's completely original in its feeling you know I cannot see myself getting it mixed up with anything else like I would every other fucking ancient time piece um the writing of it keeps you on your toes it's like it strays so far away from the predictability that we're used to from these ancient you know epic films like it's it's so you know that alone is attractive to me because like I'm just so used to having to, like to just be like okay yeah I know what's gonna happen I can I can tell you what's gonna happen you know you come to expect it with these types of films and like obviously if you know the story of Hamlet you kind of in a way know how it's gonna go but like just the execution of it is so deeply original and like you obviously it's like you know this story but you know this legend but it's executed I keep saying executed but it's, it's done so originally that you kind of forget that you know the legend, you know, you're like, what the fuck's gonna happen next? You know, what is he gonna do? Um, it's, like, I, in the future, I would not be surprised if this, in a way, was considered to be Robert Eggers, like, magnum opus. Like, if in the future we were to get his, his, um, his, uh, his final cut, you know, kind of like, kind of like Apocalypse Now you know, minus the redux, you know, no, no, the Northman redux, just the Northman final cut, you know, just the Eggers cut, release the Eggers cut, I can get behind that, uh, like, I can only imagine what the fuck these, like, the, um, the, the bonus features on the fucking Blu-ray are gonna be, I already know the Steelbook's gonna be ugly, because <sighs> it's fucking studios, I mean, just look at the poster, the poster alone tells you that a major studio made this film, and that's the worst part is like it's just the poster alone tells you that a major studio made this film and they put their toes 
so far, like they put their faces so far into this, put their grubby little hands all over this film that it fucking turned Eggers off from ever doing anything like this again. The poster alone tells you that story, just tells you that the studio did too much and they ruined the whole thing. And when I say they ruined the whole thing, they didn't ruin the movie, just, just they, they kind of ruined the excitement for it because you're just like, damn damn you know it's like an auteur getting the money he deserves and then you just have to go and ruin ruin it for him because you're more concerned about your pr and doing the floating heads posters that everyone's done since 1977 um is but uh yeah i mean obviously that alone tells you that major studio made this and that alone tells me that the steelbook is gonna be ugly as fuck but regardless i cannot wait for the fucking what the what the what the bonus features are going to be like on this blu-ray i'm so pumped i'm gonna pre-order it the second i get a chance i just i i just yeah i like oh i it's this is willem dafoe has a very brief cameo in this film i'm not gonna lie and even then it's well first of all willem dafoe is just a class act he is one of the greatest actors one of the greatest living actors and he just he's in the film for 15 to 20 minutes and he just he nails it on the head and so does bjork like any any like it's oh, it's so good it's so fucking i just i like i'm giving this whole review and at the same time i still feel like i'm speechless and that's the crazy part it's it's absolutely insane it is absolutely insane i hope that in the future you know if another studio studio comes forward and offers robert eggers the, you know the budget that he deserves they actually allow him the freedom that he deserves the artistic freedom that he deserves um because he got a lot of you know obviously he got like a fuck ton of a fuck ton of um artistic freedom but it's always in post-production where they get their rubby little hands on the film and they ruin the whole thing they make it something else and it ruins it for the director and it doesn't even feel the same to him anymore how many times have you heard that fucking story a million fucking times how many times have you heard of a director getting a budget and then having the whole thing kind of ruined for them because in post-production the, the studio just was like no we're, we care more about our marketing and our PR, so you can't do that. You can't. Shut the fuck up. Anyways, um, I, I just, I'm excited to see how this film performs. I'm excited to see this film again, uh, which is obviously going to be twice within the next few days uh, of this episode uploading. I will have seen this film probably twice again, once at another advanced uh, screening, and then once, obviously, opening weekend. I will be supporting this man in the box office. Mark my fucking words. I actually get paid this week. So I can. I can do it. And I will do it. Anyways. Um. I. Uh, just. If. Just. I. My. Recommendation. Go look into this legend. Don't. Don't. Don't worry about. Don't worry about Hamlet. Only worry about Amleth. I'm. I'm very excited. I. I just can't fucking wait for this to officially be out so I can talk about it with other people. I just, oh, I'm so excited. Ah, oh, Lord. 
anyways, thank you guys. Um, thank you guys for listening to that. Uh, for listening to this episode, for understanding the changes that need to be made to better suit my life. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Um, not entirely sure what I'm going to be doing next week, but I will see you guys next week. Um, if anything, I kind of like leaving it open-ended. I'm, you know, more at a chaotic point in my life where I'm just like, let's see what happens. Um, I've always kind of been like that, honestly, but to finally bring that kind of thought process into the podcast feels nice. feels kind of liberating to just no longer have that kind of planning bogging me down. Um, but yeah, you can find me everywhere at Lucky Peach, L-V-C-K-Y Peach. Um, my website is rachelsweetland.com. Um, there is also in the description of the episode a link tree that will take you to Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Letterboxd, um, the Discord associated with the podcast, YouTube, the podcast itself, the stickers. Um, there will also be a separate link to the stickers in the description of the episode, uh, but the website is kofi, ko-fi.com forward slash the luckiest peach. Um, as well as there is a Reddit pay- a link to a Reddit post of resources for how you can help the Ukraine and a GoFundMe because I have absolutely not a single way to pay for next the next year of school. Uh, it is my senior year and I have exhausted every single possible option and I have no money. So there is a GoFundMe if you would like to help me afford to pay for the next year of school. Or you can buy a sticker and that money will also help me afford to pay uh, for the next year of school. But uh, yeah, I will see you guys next week. Um, if you want to keep up with me or ask me questions, I am most active on Twitter at Lucky Peach, or you can email me at luckiestpeachpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll see you. I'll, I'll see you guys. This feels so weird. I'll see you guys next week um, for whatever the hell I'm doing next week. Uh, it'll most likely be a review of one of the two film festivals I am currently um, covering, which I have not completely announced just yet, to be honest. Um, but I'm doing that on purpose just because I don't feel like it. I don't feel like talking about it just yet. I will talk about it when we get to it. But I will see you guys next week. Thank you again. Stay peachy.